This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Okay, so we're doing a series called You're Invited to More. Okay, come on, say more. Okay, so, so you and I, God is inviting us to more. This is the fifth message I'm doing, and every, every message I'm sort of tackling a different angle of, uh, of finding more. Okay, so I'm hopefully going to encourage those, especially that are going through a difficult season, difficult time, maybe have some obstacles and trials that you're going through. So I just want to set the stage. I want to read James chapter 1. Uh, verses two to four. It's one of those weird scriptures in the Bible. It's like, it's like, huh? Are you sure? Did you smoke something, James? What are you smoking? It looks like good stuff. <laughs> but he's saying, my brethren, count it all joy. Come on, say joy. When you fall into various trials. Yay. As the one guy said, you know, when you're going through a trial, you must phone your best friend and say, happy birthday to me. I'm going through a trial. I must have joy. Knowing, there's a reason why, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So when you lack Nothing that sounds like more to me. You have more than you had previously. So before the trial, you had less. Now you step into the trial and you overcome the trial and now you have more. Praise God. Okay, so if you and I want more, so I want to paint you a picture. More is found on the other side of the mountain. Every one of us will face a mountain at some point, at some stage, even that song we sung, God, you are greater than the mountain. I'm facing the mountain. I'm facing whatever it might be, relational challenges. I'm, 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 I'm challenged with my relationship with my children, for instance, and there's a disconnect, or maybe my marriage is failing, or maybe my, 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 my work, my, the finances, the, the, the business is, is battling. God, I don't know how we're going to do it. Lord, I, 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 I'm, 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 I'm struggling with these things, whether it be relational things or financial things or whatever it might be, but there's, there's a mountain. And every one of us faces these mountains but the question is, how are you going to move that mountain? How are you going to tackle that mountain? How are you going to overcome that mountain? So, so the, the, the theme of the series is more. God, I want more of you. Now, if, you, if, if, you've, if you've discovered how beautiful, how wonderful it is to know God, then all you want is more of Him. That's really all you want. Because you realize everything you're looking for is found in Him. You know, so in the series, I've been looking at how can we find more of Him? How can we find more of Jesus? How can we have experience more peace, more joy, more of His presence? How can we have more? You see, and the mountain is your invitation to more. You see, you need to change your mindset. 
It's like, oh, God, I don't like this mountain. This is terrible. This trial is terrible. I don't want to go through this, God. But what if that trial is your ticket to more? Changes your perspective. It's like, okay, okay, this is good. Happy birthday to me. Come on, let's say happy birthday to me. Because more is coming to you. So the mountain that you are facing, more is found on the other side of the mountain. So maybe your marriage is battling and you want to run away. I tell you, more is found on the other side of this trial. A better marriage than you've ever imagined. And we've seen this so many times where people go through trials and things. It's a mess. It's like it's a big mess. There's no way that this is going to be saved or solved in the natural. And then somehow when they turn to Jesus and Jesus comes into the scene and he softens the hearts and he gets the couple to connect again, to forgive again, to, to find one another again. They have a better marriage than they've ever had before. And we have people in church who have experienced that. Ten years of marriage, it wasn't great. And then it was better than ever after they had to face the mountain. So more is found on the other side of the mountain. And unfortunately, your mountain is often a mess. It's a mess. It's a messy relationship. It's a messy Maybe physically you're sick or something in your life. It's messy. There's stuff happening in your body. It, it, it's, it's, it's a mess. Now, the mountain is normally, normally a mess. Come on, say mess. But the good news is, the worse the mess, the better the message. Amen. There is no message without a mess. There is no good story of this great God coming to move the mountain unless it was one massive mess of a mountain. The best stories. It's like with Sonica. You can't write a book unless you had three years of insomnia and trials and tribulations. You can't write a book after one week of not sleeping. No one wants to read a book like that. But if it was three years of suffering and trials and tribulations, man, that's a good story. Come on. The mess becomes your message. The mountain, the bigger the mountain, the bigger the mess, the better the message. Amen. Come on, let's say there's a good message coming from my mess. Amen. But you need to... Put your trust in Jesus. I want to show you this morning. I want to reveal to you how you can move this mountain. Whatever you're facing. If you're not facing a massive mountain now, you're going to face one soon. Sorry. But it's good news because you want more. You want more of God. You want more peace, more joy, more freedom. Freedom is found on the other side of the mountain. But the thing is, this mountain, when you come and you face this mountain, you're like looking up. You're like, oh, my soul this feels so intimidating. I don't know how to do this. And now you're going, I'm going to tackle this mountain. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to pray to my God is bigger than the mountain. We're going to move this mountain. And now this is where it gets really interesting. The mountain fights back. <laughs> it's like the enemy positions himself, the enemy army positions themselves on top of that mountain. 
And they have bows and arrows. The enemy knows, man, if this mountain moves, there's a good message coming. So I'm gonna, I need to stop this. But so the enemy comes and he, and, and you're like standing in front of this mountain. You're like, okay, all right, we're going to do this. We're going to tackle this. And as you start to tackle this, the arrows start flying. Your, your, your heart, your mind is assaulted. You see, we are in a spirit war, a very real spirit war. And the enemy assaults us with words, with arrows that is shot against our hearts. Flaming arrows, Ephesians 6 speaks of. Flaming arrows to, to, to stop believing, to give up. Walk away. Don't even try. It's not worth it. It's not going to work. No, it's not going to work. It's your mess. Your fault. You're a mess. You are the mess. You know, the enemy comes and he assaults us. And these arrows, they come and they hit and they strike our, our hearts, our minds. You see, and I said this last week, the fight is over here in our minds. This is where the battle rages. If you lose the fight here, you lose the fight. But if you win the fight here, you can change your external environment. I often say this, if you, change, if you shift the atmosphere on the inside, you can shift the atmosphere on the outside. If you win in your own heart to love your spouse and to be forgiving and to be kind and to be standing upon the, the foundation of Christ, you can keep on even though there's nothing good coming back your way. But you need to move the mountain. You need to stand and fight. So how do you fight? How do you fight? Well, you fight with your words. I've over this last week seen how the power of words. Now, it's interesting. Last week, Sunday morning, I want to share about the spirit war. I want to equip you. So I I, I go where the Bible goes, eh? Uh, not where where, uh, popularity likes to go. But uh, last week, Sunday morning, it was my birthday. Woohoo! And I, was, uh, I got up that morning and I was like, Lord Jesus, where are you? I was like, man, I'm, assuming, I'm experiencing a massive block. It's like, if you know what it is to dwell in the presence of God, then this is absolute hell. It's like, Lord, where are you? This message is going to be terrible. I'm, I'm Lord, where are you? So the whole morning... Well, I'm just after five, half past five until about nine o'clock. I was just praying and seeking the face of God and like, Lord Jesus, help. And, uh, and during worship, uh, the Lord came and worked mighty, mighty things. We saw some incredible things happening in the service. So the one, one guy shared with us, he had during worship an out-of-body experience. He, like, he's, he just had an incredible freedom. He said, he felt God say to him, this is what freedom looks like. And he saw Lights, bright lights. Another guy at the end of the service, he had a powerful encounter with God going to the floor and, 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 and was for quite a while on the floor. And he said he just saw bright lights, bright lights, incredible peace and joy. And somebody else also think on the balcony as well, when at the time of prayer, just saw a bright light while I think their eyes were closed. I just saw bright light and the power of God just coming upon them. I was so encouraged, you know. God is with us. God is light. And if you go read the Bible, when people encounter God, they see a bright light. You see, I feel that God is wanting to break into this house and break into our homes and break into our lives. But there's a wrestling. You know, like I was wrestling that morning, praying and in a sense fighting a spiritual fight. All these arrows like, where's God? And 
no, it's not going to work. And I had zero faith. I said, like, no, I'm going I'm I'm to move this thing in the name of Jesus. And so at the end of worship, I was standing here and I, I recognized somebody upstairs. And I'm like, ah, okay. So that's why it's been an interesting morning. So uh, I went after the service. I went to speak to the lady upstairs. And, uh, and uh, what had been happening in the past, that, that she's come here and some of our ushers told us that when she comes to the front door, she'd kick out her shoes and then stand there and say, hey, to the ushers, may I come in? And I'm like, that's just weird. Why do you ask permission to enter the church? And then as she walks up the stairs a few months ago, she walked upstairs, one of our ushers heard this lady starting to cuss. And I'm like, why do you do that? So anyways, last week Sunday, I was over it, okay? I was over it. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to confront you now. What are you doing? <laughs> so we had a lovely chat, and she was cussing the whole time, if and if and if and if and everything's if and. And, uh, and I said, so why do you walk up the stairs and then you start cussing? And she said, well, and it came out she was a Satanist when she was younger. I don't know if she's still, but she was in the occult. And, uh, and occult people are aware of the spirit realm. They, they see into the spirit. They, they're more aware of what's happening. The rest of us merely go through life having no cooking clue what's going on. <laughs> and so I asked her, so why do you cuss when you come into church? And she said, no, there's a force field around this building. And I cannot enter unless I cuss. So then she cusses. And then it's like a demonic atmosphere created around her. And then she can come in and other things come in as well. So I told her, in the name of Jesus, you have no authority or place to do anything that is of the devil in this house in Jesus' name. Now, she wasn't very happy, to be honest. But... I had such a good week. <laughs> Praise God. I had an awesome week. The Lord feels close and things are beautiful. Praise God. Okay, so there's a real spirit war. And I felt the Lord say to me this morning, equip my, my children. Equip the saints that they know how to fight this battle. Okay, so I want to take us to Daniel. And, and so don't worry, I don't think she's coming back. I told her if she wants to give her life completely to Christ, we're here, we love you. Um, we'll pray with you, but then you, wanna, you need to commit your life to Christ. Okay, Daniel 10, verse 12. Now, to give you some context, now, Daniel was the Babylonian empire, and he was, like a, he was a prayer warrior. He was like a, a, a business leader, in a sense, you know, or governmental leader. And he would often, God would pray or, or speak to him, and he would shift things. It's like God would use him to pray, and even the destiny of the nation would be changed. That's the power of prayer. So he, in this specific scenario, he felt God lead him to start to pray. So he was praying for 21 days. And then an angel appeared to him. The angel Gabriel came to Daniel and spoke to him. Now listen to this. Such, gives such insight into what's happening in the spirit realm. Then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day, that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God. Your words were heard. Come on, say words. You see, our words, Ephesians 6 speaks about the, the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. It's powerful. The words of God. But you need to apply the words of God. 
I was praying with somebody over this weekend as well for freedom. And as I was praying for, for this lady, the Holy Spirit showed me that she needs to repent of the blasphemy, of the words she spoke and all the cussing. Because her, her words have caused her to agree with darkness. And therefore, darkness has access to her heart. And as she repented, said, Lord, forgive me about all those words. Freedom came to her heart. But so the, the, the word of God is the sword of the Spirit. And it's powerful. And with this, we can cause the kingdom of God to come. So now the angel appears to Daniel and says to Daniel, Daniel, from the first day, come on, say first day, that you set your heart to understand. You wanted to understand, God, what are you calling me or asking me to do? And to humble yourself before your God. It's like he humbled himself, said, Lord, I humble myself. I need you, God. I come before you to proclaim your word. He says, your words were heard. You see, this is how it happens. You and I have a challenge. We have our mountain. We have a facing our trials, whatever it might be. And then we pray. Now, if you pray from a humble heart, God hears. From the first day, your words were heard. Okay, but now the challenge is, it took 21 days of prayer. And I have come, the angel says, because of your words. Come on, say, because of your words. I have come because of your words. In the same way, if you speak God's words, the angels will come. If you speak the wrong words, uh, the demons will come. Okay? I've come because of your words. And he says, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. So the angel came. I don't know how exactly how it works. But they were, the prince of Persia was like a demonic power, demonic principality, withstood this angel for 21 days. And behold, Michael, this is Archangel Michael, one of the chief princes came to help me. For I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. So fascinating insight into what's happening in the spirit realm. A believer Praise God hears from the first day your words were heard, and I've come because of your words. But it took 21 days of pressing in, persisting, persisting, persisting. It's like you're coming to stand before your mountain, your whatever trial you is. Lord, please help with this mountain. Please help with this trial. God, but I look to you. I'm not going to move. I have my shield of faith. So these arrows are coming and I'm, I'm stopping these arrows, these flaming arrows with a shield of faith. I'm not receiving it. God, but I'm standing and I'm not moving it until this mountain moves because more is found on the other side of the mountain. Come on, let's say more is found on the other side of the mountain. Now, as you know, mountains don't just move. <laughs> These are spiritual mountains, physical realities. You need to win the, the battle in the spirit if you want to win the battle in the natural. Many of our problems are, are spiritual problems. But we're trying to face it in the natural. And you can't. You need to shift it in the spirit. And then the natural realm can change. Amen. Okay, so he says, I've come because of your words. And so the enemy, I just feel like I, I received this word a while ago. It's like Holy Spirit, God saying to us, I long for each of my children's voices. I long for intimate spirit to spirit connection. I want to hear my children's voices, each one. God wants to hear your voice. God wants to hear your praise. Now, quick tip. Praying in your head is thinking about prayer. 
You need to speak the words. You need to say it. There's power in the spoken word. For the word of God is living and powerful. There is life or death in the power of the tongue. There's life or death in the power of the tongue. I mean, go test it out if you want to commit suicide. Go test it out, guys, on your wife. Speak the wrong words. Speak the wrong words. You know, I've said often, Sonica comes to me and she wants to ask me, do I still love her? You know, something on a daily basis, like, do you still love me? And then the boy in me wants to make a joke. (laughs) And all the angels of heaven come forth and stop me. Say, don't do it. Just say, yes, I love you. You know, but saying the wrong things, even little words, just like making a joke at the wrong time. There's life or death in the power of the tongue. Now, how much worse when things really gets weird and you have a big fight and you say stuff that you really shouldn't have said and you wound one another. It opens the gates of hell, the, wounded, the woundedness of hearts. It, it, it disconnects people. You know, so we need to be aware of the words that we speak. Okay, so look at this, Mark chapter 11, verse 22. Now, this speaks of this mountain. And beginning of this year, I felt the Holy Spirit whisper this in my heart. The only obstacle you're facing is unbelief. The only obstacle you're facing is unbelief. And this verse speaks of it. You see, we tend to look at challenges and then we, we, we find reasons why this thing can't move, why this can't change, why I am not good enough or able or don't have enough money or don't have this or that, whatever. But we make all these excuses and it's simply unbelief. I mean, how big is our God? The creator of heaven and earth, how big is he? He is greater than the mountain we're facing. He is great. He's able to heal a marriage. He's able to heal hearts. He's able to turn a business around. He is able to, to cause physical disease to disappear off our bodies. He is able to remove fear and anxiety and depression from our hearts. He is able. Amen. So let's just say it. He is able. He is able. He is so able. So this verse speaks about it. This is Jesus. It says, so Jesus answered and said to them, have Faith in God. Have faith. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, come on, say says, says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Obviously, the key is to agree with God's will. And God's heart, you know, he's not going around claiming Porsches and things like that. It's about agreeing with the will of God. He wants a healthy marriage. God, I claim a healthy marriage. God, I claim peace for my soul. Lord, I, I move these obstacles in Jesus' name. But it says, he who says to the mountain, he who speaks, so you need to speak, not only to God, but to your circumstances, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Ask, ask God, agree with God and then release life over your environment. You see, you and I have received authority by Jesus Christ. In his name, we can determine the spiritual atmosphere. It's like I 
did with this lady last week, Sunday. I basically, I said, not in this house. Not in this house. You have no legal authority or right to do weird stuff in this house. In the same way you need to, because I'm the leader of this house. So I need to, that's leadership, people. Leaders take authority over their environment. So if you're the boss of the business, take authority over your environment. And if you're not the boss, but you are the Christian in the house, then you take authority over the house. If you are the parents, or the husband or the father, then you need to take authority over your house. You need to say, this is our safe space. This only Jesus reigns in this house. You see, the enemy's a schemer. He tries to, he, he, he shoots these arrows at, at our hearts, and even at our children's hearts, arrows that he's being shot to, to wound, to distract, to lead astray. How many times, Sonic and I have prayed with our son? When there's, it's a spiritual thing. It's like, whoa, his head is spinning. We can feel there's a spiritual, or there's fear, or there's something happening. I mean, it's amazing. Just with the encounter four, with the with freedom encounter, the one group, we had, we had little groups of, of uh, with the leader, facilitator, and um, during the week, and to pray together, and to encourage one another. And in the one group of, say, four or five ladies, three of them had exactly the same dream. During this week, Monday was the preparation meeting. During the week, three of them had the same dream of a man coming in to kill them. That was the dream. Now, can I say to you, that is not of the Holy Spirit. That is the enemy trying to bring fear. You see, he comes in our dreams because he, he, he cannot engage with us as well in, in, when we are awake. So he tries in our dreams. So you need to pray before you sleep. And you say, take authority of your dreams. Take authority of your house. And say, this is... A holy place. Only God's will be done. Amen. Come on, let's say it. Only God's will be done in Jesus' name. Ephesians 1. So he's speaking about how to move the mountain. More is found on the other side of the mountain. And now I want to show you that you have authority. Ephesians 1.19. This is where the Godfidence comes in, a God confidence. And, and Paul the apostle, he was, he was praying here and he's saying, I'm praying for you that you would realize how much you have. And he's saying, and what is that you may realize what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. For far above, so you see Jesus, Jesus far above all principalities and powers and might and means, that's just all the demonic realms, God, Jesus far above it. And every name that is named, every name, above the name of the president or CEOs of multinational companies or famous actors or famous whatever, the name of Jesus is high above every other name. Amen. Okay, that's why people cuss with the name of Jesus. They don't cuss with the name of Muhammad or Allah, you know, Allah or, or, or Buddha or whatever. They cuss with the name of Jesus because this, this, this fallenness of man wants to break down the name of Jesus Christ. But then it says there, not only in this age, but also in the age which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills in all all. Paul is basically saying, guys, I'm praying for you that you'd realize how much power God has given you, how much authority he has given to you. So it's like this. 
When Jesus died on the cross about 2,000 years ago, he overcame every evil power. Sin, darkness, demonic powers. He broke the power of death when he was resurrected from the grave. Jesus has won the war for us. It is finished. He hung on the cross and said, it is finished. It is done. Amen. Come on, let's say it is done. It's done. So to, 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 to give you an illustration, it's like, the Second World War, and the Allied forces have already won the war with Japan. But there's this POW prisoners of war camp somewhere off the coast of Japan, and they are holding some Allied soldiers captive in that area. They don't know that the war is over. So now you come, we come, in the name of the King of Kings, the name of Jesus, but we come and we come to the POW camp commander. We say, hey, let the guys go. The war is over. We've won it. Let them go. And you bring some official documents because you have authority. And you hand over the documents and say, let them go. Now, if they would listen then to authority, they'd let them go. If they don't want to let go because this is a stubborn, stubborn one, then you look over your shoulder to the massive fleet of vessels behind you with these massive t- tank uh, turrets just turning. Do you see that, sir? If you do not let go of my people, we will use force, power in Jesus' name. Let go in Jesus' name. Amen. So you and I don't only have authority, but authority is the right to use power. You see, but most Christians are not walking in their authority. They're not applying their power. They're not even aware there's a spirit war, but their lives are falling apart. Homes are falling apart because they don't know. So it's time that we know. So you need to take authority over your environment and say, in the name of Jesus, Lord, this, this this is holy ground. This family belongs to Jesus. Devil, get out. Come on, let's say it. This family belongs to Jesus. Devil, get out in Jesus' name. Amen. So you need to literally take authority. And my, my sort of my slogan is you hit the devil before he hits you. <laughs> it's legal. So I pray. We pray over our home. I don't wait until there's a crisis. You pray over the home and you trust God for his kingdom to come. So there's mighty power in the name of Jesus. And then... It says at last, but then that verse, verse 22, and he put all things under his feet and he gave to him to be head of all things to the church. So look at this. All things are under the feet of Christ. Quick question. Who is the body of Christ? You and me. So you and I are part of the body. But this verse says he's put all things under his feet. Jesus the head, they put it under his feet. So the lowest of the lowest of the lowest believer. I don't know how that works. Who is the lowest? But let's say there is a lowest. The lowest, lowest believer is above every power of the enemy. Therefore, you need not fear ever at all. Bible says, behold, I've given you, Jesus said, behold, I've given you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and of all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. 
He's given you authority. He's given you power. My question to you is, are you using it? Are you using your authority? Are you coming to stand before this mountain? Are you marching around your workplace early in the morning? Hopefully no one sees you. It's going to be weird. (laughs) But marching around the place and say, God, this is holy ground. This place, there will be peace. I renounce the chaos, the confusion, the divisions, the relational problems, the financial problems. Lord, I call in customers. Lord, we call in divine order in the name of Jesus. Fight it in the spirit first and then obviously do your work well and lead well and do the things you need to do in the natural. But you can do everything right in the natural. If it's a mess in the spirit, you're, you're, you're a mess. Okay, so you need to stand in front of the mountain and say, mountain, move in Jesus' name. Then you keep on standing. And then you need to keep on standing, and you keep on standing in Jesus' name. Come on, let's say it. I have authority in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Okay, Ephesians 6, last verse I want to share. Verse 10. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on all of God's armor that, so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. There's strategies. So you need to put on the armor so you can fight against the strategies. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. We're not fighting against people. We never fight against people. We simply love people. But we see an influence behind them, then we need to deal with that influence in the name of Jesus. But against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world... Against mighty powers in this dark world. Yeah, so they're mighty, but they're not mighty when it comes to believers. And against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. There are these moments that just feel a little bit more evil than other times. And then you need to stand. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. So you come in to stand in front of your mountain, your crisis, your trial, your opposition, and now you need to put on the whole armor, your shield, you need to take your sword and the whole battle armor in the spirit, and you need to stand and keep on standing and keep on standing and keep on acting with kindness and godliness and humility and forgiveness in the midst of whatever comes against you. So you fight in the spirit and you respond with godliness. Until the mountain moves, until this thing is broken, until things are set free. So as I said, the enemy shoots these arrows. I quickly want to give an illustration of a few arrows. So you and your wife, there's like an arrow of division the enemy brings. So you and your wife, like this sometimes happens with me and Sonica, uh, things are fine. I mean, there's no major issues in our marriage. Everything's fine. And then suddenly it's just like, man, the atmosphere is weird. Suddenly we want to fight, which is very weird. So we was like, it's just something is like something is in the air. It's like an, an arrow has been shot and it just provokes one somehow. And, and suddenly there's this conflict. There's like a spirit of division that has come into the home. And the only way you turn, turn around is to, you know, because if, if you allow it to continue, then you start saying stuff that really damages one another and things spiral out of control and it's just crazy. But we've seen this so many times. And then when we realize this is spiritual, and we pray together, we say, hey, no, 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 we're not, you and I are not the enemies. 
The devil's the enemy. Come on, let's say the devil's the enemy. Not your spouse. Come on. That's weird how the spouse becomes the enemy. It's weird. Sonica doesn't get angry at anybody in the whole world. Except me. (laughs) Now that's just weird. (laughs) I I think that's how it works, unfortunately. (laughs) So one needs to be aware of that. And then what, what I found that works beautifully with us, this is where the authority and the praying together comes in, is then we sit and say, okay, let's pray together. Come on, let's pray together and say, Father, we thank you, Lord, that you've made us one. Lord, I thank you that you love us. God, I thank you that you are here. We just take authority over any external influence that's trying to divide us. We pull out these arrows in Jesus' name. Amen. Couples, are you praying together? Married couples, are you praying together? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to knit your hearts together? You need to, otherwise you're going to have some action. Okay. Then another, this is where the, 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 the vision, another arrow that often comes is the arrow of accusation. It's like you're at the workplace, you're contending for your workplace, and you're standing before your mountain, you're trusting you know, for, for, for people to, to find Jesus at some point, and you want to love well and be a good, a good testimony for Jesus Christ. And then... A work colleague suddenly just shoots an arrow there. It's like, whoa, whoa, where did this come from? It's just suddenly someone assaults or attacks you with words or accuses you. That's the accuser. Suddenly an accusation, an arrow that comes and hits you. And you're like, whoa, I'm, 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 I'm thrown. I'm thrown. And suddenly you are angry and you're offended and you maybe become bitter. And then your whole atmosphere in the workplace changes for you in a bad way. You can no longer change the mountain. Move the mountain because you have just been removed from the scene. You have been neutralized by the scheme of the enemy because you are now also offended, also angry, also bitter, also maybe intimidated. So you back down. No, you need to pull that out. You need to discern that this is an enemy arrow. And you forgive the person, love them, be kind to them, and smile. Oh, that just freaks them out big time. Just smile. That freaks them out like nothing else. Then the, the devil dances around like, oh, okay. The best thing you can do is, is to manifest self-control, godliness, humility, love, control over your words, and release life and love to others. Then the mountain's going to move. And then last example that also sometimes happen, arrows of temptation. I spoke about this last week. Just ending off with this. Last week, so I spoke about the assault on our thoughts. And so the enemy also, like you want to be following Jesus, and you want to do the work of God, and now suddenly the arrow comes, arrow of temptation, a lustful thought, a greedy thought, or something bad. You like, you like think, oh, I wish the person would die. <laughs> you know, like, call yourself a Christian. You know, I want to say to you, if you are a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, those thoughts do not come from you. They come from the outside, and they want to trip you up. So they, 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 they hit your mind, they hit your heart, and suddenly you are self-focused. I spoke about it last week. Suddenly you become self-focused, and you can no longer move the mountain. You can no longer extend the kingdom of God because you're so self-focused, and you're, so, you're such a bad Christian, such a bad Christian. How could I think these things? How can I allow these things in my life? No, it's an arrow from the enemy, an arrow of temptation that's coming. And now what you need to do is, and we spoke about this weekend with our Encounter 4 guys, the Freedom Encounter. You need to, how it normally works is that he shoots you in the back. 
like in the back and you can't get to it. So you need to go to a buddy and say, hey, man, I'm getting these thoughts. They're really stuffing up my thinking. I know this is not of me. I know I'm a child of God. I know I'm a holy saint of God. This is from the enemy. Would you please help me pull it out? Let's pray together. Father, thank you that this is not of me. Lord, forgive me where I've meditated on those thoughts. I pray that you would remove these things from my heart and mind so that I can be truly set free and see your kingdom come in Jesus' name. Amen. Are you seeing it? We are equipping you to fight the fight, to fight the fight, the battle, to overcome the schemes, the strategies of the enemy. If you take up your sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and start speaking life. Amen. Life or death is in the power of the tongue. You need to speak the Word of God over your own life, over yourself. You need to make declarations. That's when you take up the sword of the Spirit and you start declaring, I am a saint of God. Come on, let's say it. I'm a saint of God. I am no longer a sinner. If you've committed your life to Jesus, you're no longer a sinner. Your nature has been changed. You're now a saint, a holy saint of God. Come on, let's say it. I am more than a conqueror through Christ. Amen. So you need to declare that over yourself. I am more than a conqueror through Christ. Come on, let's say it. I'm able to do all things. Through Christ who strengthens me. That's the scripture I'm quoting. Yeah, so it's a, a proclaiming, taking the word of God and uh, creating an atmosphere around you. Where the Holy Spirit can operate, where the kingdom of God can come. Because this is where you either win or lose the battle. So you need to stand in front of your mountain. And you need to speak to the mountain. God, Lord, what is your promises for me, for my marriage, for my workplace for my future. God, what are you saying? And you take that word and you speak to the mountain. You say, mountain, move in Jesus' name. Because God says, and as the Bible says, and you will have whatever you speak. So you need to speak it, proclaim it over your future. Amen. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.